Le'ilo Nishmas, Mer Yitzchak HaKoyen, Ben Yosef Eliyahu. Okay, so I start from the Southern Yudah. Uh, yeah, from where we left off, but you can just kind of recap on what uh, we... Outside? Huh? You can outside, outside? Yeah. yeah. Really, Robert, yeah. yeah, we started with the No, he said that, Mayor said that you're supposed to say over... Just recap what we did yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so you started yesterday from the Savar? Yes. We start from the Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the Gemara is discussing Rabbi Huda's opinion concerning an oil that is not made by humans, whether or not that's considered an oil or not. The Rabbi Huda, originally we had a statement where Rabbi Huda said that if an oil is not made by humans, then it's not con- classified as an ohel. Mm-hmm. So Gamar asked a question from a case where they orchestrated a situation where they'd have children who were totally assumed to be tahar, they covered all their bases, and then they would bring them to get water from the Shiluach or Paraduma. And in that discussion, we, Rabbi Huda said that they would, just, they, would, they would go on these oxen, and the oxen would protect them from any tum which was possibly lurking underneath from, when, from their children's homes on these rocks to the Meshiluach. So it seems from there that the oxen, the belly of the oxen, was classified as an O was classified as protection, despite the fact that it was not made by humans, which seemingly is contradictory to Rabbi Yehuda's original statement. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara answers um, the, that the reason why that's different is because it was more than a fist from the, it was, it was wider than a fist and therefore it is a ohel even though it was not made by humans. So it's an exception to Rabbi Huda's rule that typically an ohel is only, if it's not made by humans, is not an ohel. It's an exception because of the size. And then we prove that from another brisa, and that's essentially where you got up to yesterday. Okay, we read, the, we read the question, but I'll read it again. So the Gemara has a question on this. So essentially what we're saying right now is Rabbi Huda has a general principle that if a oil is not made by humans and it's not considered an oil, that's his principle. The one exception being where it is a, a fist, with the width of a fist, or it's especially large. That's his one exception to the rule that we know so far. So the Gemara has a question. But a door that Yeshba Kamagroifim, it is... It is multiple fists wide. And therefore, based on the rule that we just set forth, Rabbi Yehuda should be of the opinion that in fact it is an ohel, even though it is not made by humans. But we, however, we taught that Rabbi Yehuda said, Rabbi Yehuda said that they didn't bring doors, they just used the oxen. So the Gemara's assumption right now is the reason why they didn't use doors is because doors wouldn't work. That's the Gemara's Havimina. Why do Yehuda say that we don't use doors and we just use the ox and belly? Is because the assumption is because a door wouldn't help you. That's the Gemara's assumption right now. So that's the basis for the question. I mean, the basis for the question is that Yehuda makes this statement, they wouldn't bring doors. So there's no explanation why they wouldn't bring doors. The Brysa doesn't say why Yehuda says they wouldn't bring doors. So why wouldn't they use doors? Why wouldn't they use doors? What's the problem with the door? So the Gemara's assumption is that the problem with a door is because a door wouldn't help you. 
A door wouldn't help you protect against Tumah that's, that is potentially on the ground. So the Gemara's question is, why wouldn't a door help you? A door, even though it's not made for that, typically, Rashi explains, however, it's exceptionally wide, and therefore, it should work. That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara has two answers to the question. What's wrong with our assumption? Amar Abaye said, No. Really, all that Rebuta means, he doesn't mean you couldn't use a door, because of course you could use a door. A door is very wide, and therefore it's not, even though it's not made to be an OL, it could function as an OL. It's not that you can't use a door, it's Rebuta saying a door is unnecessary, because you have the ox. The ox's belly was sufficient, and therefore you didn't need doors. That's really what Rebuta means. He doesn't mean you can't use a door, he means you don't need a door. Okay, that's the first answer. Rava Amar, Rava says, They did not bring doors at all. I mean, Rava's arguing with Abaye. He's saying that the reason they didn't bring doors is because they didn't want doors. It's not just that it was unnecessary. It's that there was a specific issue with the door. The doors were inferior. Not because they couldn't be an OL. They could be an OL, but it was another concern. What was that concern? Since the, uh, um, the perspective of a child is to be very confident, I guess it's a good word, confident, so what's he going to do? He's going to be sitting on top of this door, he's going, or, or going for a joy ride, and, and he's going to start, he's going to stick out his head, or one of his limbs. So basically he's going to be riding on the door and it's going to be a fun ride for him. And he's going to start flailing his arms, flailing, sticking out his head. He's going to start bouncing around on top of the door. It's like, you know, if a kid, if a kid feels comfortable, like if you're giving your kid a, a shoulder ride and you're holding him secure and he feels comfortable, so then he might start, he might start flying all over the place because he doesn't think he's going to fall off. So if a child, if, if these babies, if these children were sitting on this door on top of an ox, they're going to feel very comfortable. They have a big area to maneuver. And they're going to start jumping around and acting a little bit vild. And that v'yitma, and then they become tameh. Through something that's possibly on the ground. So essentially, so Rav's answer is that in fact, it's not that the door can't be an ohel. Of course the door could be an ohel. But there's a separate concern. The concern is that the child, if he's going to have such a comfortable ride, He's going to be bouncing around. So instead, what do we say? He has to sit on the ox, because on this ox, he's going to be scared out of his wits, and he's going to be holding on for his life. It's like, you know, you go to those places, you put a quarter, and the kid has a bouncy ride, so he's not jumping all over the place, because he feels like he's going to fly off. So when a child is riding on an ox, that's how he feels. He feels like he's going to fall off. So he's going to hold on for his life. He's going to stay on top of the ox. He's not going to stick his arms and head out. And therefore, you don't have to worry. And so therefore, to avoid that concern, Rebuta said, don't use a door. You're saying the door is, is, is safer, more yeah. secure. That's why you would... Yes. He'll feel more secure because it's... It's not like balancing on the... It's not like balancing on an ox. How would you feel if you were balancing on an ox? <laughs> no, I'm serious. You feel no, like... He could balance on I would feel like I'm going to fall off the entire time. No, I agree with that. I'd probably feel that way on a door too, by the way. But you understand how. <laughs> it's better. It's a little less stable because at least you can like wrap your legs around the ox. But I guess I see the point that the whole point is the door must have been very secure and the children felt safe. 
Yeah. Must have been like latched on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on. latched on. Yeah, it like must have been latched on. It it be, yeah, no, you're right. That's that's good. It's not wrapping their legs around the box. Right. Also, their legs can't because then they'd be going over the right. No, you're right. The door must have been secured. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. The door must have been, you know, you're absolutely right. The door, the door must have been somehow they secured it to the ox. They had like a saddle. They had like probably a door saddle. A door saddle. Yeah. You can buy one at Dick's. (laughs) (laughs) They had a door saddle and they secured it to it. So once it was secure, no, you're right. So then, then it's much easier. You have much bigger area and you're much more comfortable. It's like walking on a trapeze versus walking on a door on a trapeze. Okay, bad example. We understand. <laughs> if you would do it, you'd feel more comfortable in the door. Right, okay. So anyway, so, so Rava said, in order to avoid, so the two answers are as follows. That really fundamentally, Rabbi Huda agrees a door is, is a proper barrier because of its width. Abaye says Rabbi Huda just meant that it was unnecessary, and Rava was of the opinion that they wouldn't do it because it could lead to problems. The child would be too comfortable, and he would bounce around. Tanya Kavase de Rava. So we have a Brisa which affirms what Rava taught, which is consistent with Rava. They did not bring them at all. Because the the perspective of a child would be too confident. Because he might stick out his head or one of his limbs and become Tomei through Kever Tahaim, which is potential suffix Toma that there possibly is something Tomei underneath. They bring Egyptian oxen, that have very wide bellies. And the children would sit on top of them. And they would hold cups of stone. When they reached the Meshiluach, they would go down and fill them up. And they'd go back onto the oxen. And they would sit on top of them. So essentially, this is really the identical price to earlier. But the only addition here is that it gives an explanation for Rebutah Shita that Rebutah's opinion is based on the fact is, is that they would, not an explanation, I'm sorry. It was, it, it's that Rebutah saying a rule that you can't do it, which was what Rava was saying. And it's not like Abaye who says that Rebutah was just saying it was unnecessary. So that is, the, those are the two answers of the Gemara to the question of Rebutah's opinion about an ohel, an exceptionally wide ohel. Okay, any questions on that? What about okay. how, do they, how do they get off of the ox? So it was not the chains this time? The, no, the rope? Yeah. No, so that, that was the other opinion, meaning that, that oh, right. it doesn't, they, you're right, this price it doesn't bring that opinion that they would use like a pulley. Yeah, you're right. This, know how to sit on an ox without your leg hanging over? I don't know. It, it must be very, so yeah. There's little kids. These are wide, wide okay, here. This is so wide. What's that? Say what, you just place them on top, they sit there with the legs folded and they're, they're going probably like this one. This one's very wide. Out. Kid's gonna no, stay no, no. on the ox. So yeah, you're not dealing with normal children here. These are children that were like expertly trained. They, they were breeding for the I mean, the, the, the door, lives, the door their whole was, lives revolved around this. Yeah, the door. How do they all have dogs? Like Hamas trains kids when they're two. This is going to train Are you saying because they can't be trooping over? That's why I say it has very wide bellies. 
very wide. There must have been a had, sow like, regardless. Stein Stein must, there must be a it's sow. Now extinct no, no, version of oxen. If you look at the back, they're wide. They just sit up. Ali's Bahadur took a picture of one of these children. They found with the Dead Sea Scrolls a picture of one of these children, and Oz Bahadur then put it in here. It's pretty uh, amazing. No, yeah, they have very wide. I mean, they're very wide. It's possible that it has a oh, wide so, belly. Oh, we haven't answered the Chaim's question, though. The answer to Chaim's question is, no, the way they set it up, it answers your question, which is that they, it was the legs, if you look at the picture, you gimel. So, yeah, so the way they set it up, which I think is a nice answer to Chaim's question, is that the legs, the, it went down like on an angle. So therefore, the bottom... Oh, that's what you're saying. The belly's much wider, so the legs can go over the side. Great, so say him, That's a good answer. That's, good. that's a good answer. No, that's a good back is not Grace, only the bottom part. That's what John was pointing out in the picture. That's why we're using it's because it's not right. It's not. No, that's why we're using Egyptian eyes. Right. It's a good point. No, it's a good deep you're making. It doesn't say that the entirety of it was wider. It's the belly was wider. I totally relate. I know exactly. Muffin So that no. So that's a good answer to the question. That's a good answer to the question. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's let's see another piece of Gemara. Let's start the next Gemara. Any other questions? Any other? No? Okay. Vare Mita. So here's a question from the Mishnah. So we said in the Mishnah that, uh, that Rabbi Huda, that we had a discussion about sleeping underneath a bed in a sukkah. Vare Mita So a bed is also very wide, much more than a tefach. Vitnan, and we taught in the Mishnah, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, so, what would Rabbi Huda say in the Mishnah? Rabbi Huda said that our custom was we would sleep underneath beds in front of the elders. And Rabbi Huda is trying, is, is, seems to be pointing out that this is acceptable. And the Gemara has a problem. The Gemara's question is that we just said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, a O L that is made by people, even though Yehuda has a general principle that if an O L is made by people, it is not classified as an O L. He has an ex- one exception we saw, which was it, if it is an egro, a fist, why? Not a fist. A large fist, right. A, uh, what? Yeah, a large fist, why? So, no, I made a fist. That's my tefach. Whenever I measure a tefach, so you told me to just take your fist? That's what a tefach is. So, so, they, so the Rabbi Yehuda seems, says that it's okay, even though a bed is, is multiple fists wide. So therefore, since it's multiple fists wide, presumably, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it should be considered a ohel. It should be considered an ohel, even though it's, it's man-made. Now, there's a Rashi here, which I don't have an understanding in. I don't have a pshad in, and the Rashash is bothered by it also. Is bothered by it. Because, so, because Rashi says, 
explains this question. This connects to what Rabbi Goldstein mentioned at the end of the year yesterday a little bit. That the Rashi says that the reason why the, the second Rashi says Noigim okay. Hayinu. Okay. Rashi says Alma Oil Arai Lav Oyalu. So Rashi says that the question is that even though this is a temporary mm. OL, you see from the Mishnah that a temporary OL is not an OL. Now, until now, we've been discussing if the OL was man-made or not. That's what Rashi earlier said, if it's derech ol bekach, that, that it's not derech ol bekach. So it's, it seems from this Rashi to me slightly like the question might be that any situation where you have an inf- in Ohel, where there's a problem with it, the Gemara is assuming, I, I really don't have this worked out, but the Gemara might be assuming that any problematic Ohel, the problem is solved if it's exceptionally wide, essentially. That's what seems to me from Rashi. So, but whatever it is, essentially the Gemara's question is that this Ohel should certainly be an Ohel because it's so wide. So therefore, how could they sleep under the beds? Rebutus says that in all, even if it's man-made, it's an ohel, if it's except if it is a, a, a large fist. So therefore, these beds should be an ohel, and therefore, they shouldn't have been able to sleep under it because they now have an ohel between them and the sukkah. So how does Rabbi Yehuda's opinion in the Mishnah fit with what we have from Rabbi Yehuda and the Brisa, the way that we are explaining it right now? You had a question, man? So the question on Rashi is, meaning what does Oyalari have to do with anything yeah. right now? You're saying exactly. meaning we're talking about egg right? No, we're talking, we're talking about, about Oyalari thi- Adam. Right, Bidei Adam or egg, a thickness or Bidei Adam, that distinction, nothing to do with Oyalari. Right, Oyalari hasn't been part of this conversation. Right. The conversation has been about oil, that an oil, an inferior oil called an oil that's man-made. Somehow being man-made makes an oil inferior. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm sorry, not man-made. That if it's not man-made, then meaning if it's an oil that happens um, naturally, a naturally occurring oil. So you could say that here too. You could have said that about a bed, which is I think with the, the Rashash really just like kind of just changes Rash, I'm not really sure. But, um, but the... But you could have said that of a bed too. That a bed, a bed's not made to right, I mean, be. Rashi says this on the Mishnah, though. Rashi says, "No, you mean the time of fire should be more." That's later on. We'll get to that. We're not up there yet. No, you're right. You're right. He's saying, and I wonder if that Rashi he's staying consistent with his. But I mean, it doesn't follow the steps of the Gemara. Though. Exactly, it's consistent with the end of the next step of the Gemara. Right. But it's not at this point of the Gemara. The question, the question, would seem to be that this bed is not made to be an ohel. That should be the basis for the question. It's not made to be an ohel, it's made to sleep on it. And therefore... it's going to get to. But even though, it's still aggro. I'm saying, but right now, but because it's so wide... No, right, but the Gemara's answer... The Gemara's taking it to the next level in the answer. I'm saying, in the question itself, this is what I would have said the question is. This bed was not it's made not by them, people. But it's with... But it's well, so wide. It should still be us. Awesome. You know, oh, exactly. It should be, it should be male. Exactly. Somebody shouldn't sleep under it. Exactly. Right. That's, really, that's what I thought the Mars question. And now Rashi, Rashi sticks in. To, right. So I don't know why Rashi does that. My only speculation was, so the Rashash just like doesn't like it. The, the, my speculation was that perhaps Rashi understands that according to Yehuda, whenever you have an Ohel, which shouldn't be an Ohel, either because it's not made by people or because it's temporary, whatever it is, if it's exceptionally wide, it overrides, it trumps everything, and it makes it into an oil. So Rashi's, so the Gemara is basically comparing the issue of all Arai 
to the issue of Ohel Sha'ina Asu Adam. That both of them are problems within Ohel. Both of them are reasons why an Ohel shouldn't be an Ohel. And, and both of them should be resolved through the exceptional with. Maybe Rashi is assuming that the same, the same halacha that applied to, um, to, to Toma of an Ohel applies to the parameters and halachas of a Sukkah. You're right, but that's the Gemara's <coughs> assumption. I didn't say that, but you're absolutely right. I think that's what Rashi is doing. Rashi isn't. Why does Rashi have to get into that? You know, you're, the, you see the Gemara. Oh, well, it's all alright, all alright. That's great in a Sukkah. Yeah. Okay, we've always been talking about Toman Tahara. Right. So I think what Rashi is trying to do right now is he's trying to, to link and tell us that the same halakha that applied to an Ola by Tomah automatically applied to the laws of Olos when it comes to a sukkah, regardless of Toman Tahara. But where do you see that in Rashi? You're, you're right about you see it in the Gemara. Where do you see that in Rashi? Because he's talking about in regards to a sukkah, it's not. In regards to Toma, it is. Meaning the bed in regards to the halachas of Stam Toma, because it's Kamlo Egrof and it's Asui, it's not Asui the Adam, everybody agrees that it's 100% about all, right? That's our Yehuda's opinion, right? But Rashi's saying, hold on, when it comes to our mission, our mission's not talking about laws of Toma and Tahar, our mission's talking about laws of an Ola Rai or Ola Kva in regarding the Sukkah. So I think what Rashi's doing right now is maybe he's jumping the gun around. The way I'm just seeing it is that he's assuming that he's linking, excuse me, the laws of Ola. With the laws of Oval for Soda. I agree, we're gonna stop. We can talk, but, but I don't wanna hold everyone up because it's over time.